Welcome to LashCast. We love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. In our podcast, we will discuss ideas, explore trends, share secrets, debunk myths, and encourage one another. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the General Manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. Welcome to LashCast. We have a great show today, and as always, I'm surrounded by an amazing three-pronged attack of Christina Segura, Erica Ross, and Tusney Lubers. Now, it's been a little time since we've been here together, and the last time we talked, we were getting ready to go to ICE, or as I found, I used to call it the ISSE show, but it's actually called ICE. Yeah, I'm a newbie here, learning the lingo, the language, and basically ICE is over, and we basically were there teaching four classes, actually six classes total over two days. I thought we'd just check in with you guys and get kind of your take on how things went with the show, and we'll start with, why not, Erica? <laughs> yeah, um, it was awesome. It was the first time that I had ever taught a class like that. So I taught about lash styling for beginners, and it was so much fun. It was so fun to be surrounded by people who were just hungry to learn about lashes and as much of a geek about it as we all are. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think overall my experience with it was great. It was so fun meeting everybody and just teaching our technique, which is, you know, I could talk about it all day. Yeah. A good point, though, is that it was all theory, so there wasn't any hands-on learning in that kind of that was different for everybody some people came in expecting to learn hands-on and it was a little disappointing but it was so encouraging to see that we only had our words and pictures and live demos and people were still so engaged and it was such different content and i got to talk about hacks and things and i was worried it wouldn't be enough value that's all everybody heard me yeah this better be valuable and um it was really actually too much content so it was really a cool thing to do and be part of i think the common talk after yours was that they were just way overwhelmed like so much information yeah it was hard to digest it and there was a lot of like wait wait can you stop let me process what you're trying to do because you were giving them a lot yeah and i also think like you said um why we didn't do live hands-on training wasn't really that was something we had asked for the pba to do but they actually told us because of space there was no way to do that. They said, well, it has to be a demo. That's what everyone's doing here for the most part with the skin. Yeah. You know, everyone's not doing facials at, you know, during the skin training from Sodesco. One person is doing a demo up front. So that's how they're set up there. But we talked to them that maybe next year, if there's a way to really think about, maybe we can get beds in there and mm-hmm. at least maybe get half the class in there and just start yeah. doing some hands-on because I think our technique is so kind of mind-blowing and different that to actually be there and at least try would have been nice. Mm-hmm. And so we'll explore that. That's something we could hopefully do next year. Well, we did talk about can we do a hands-on class and perhaps use doll heads and strip lashes? And we were actually really purposeful in not choosing that because there's a place for doll heads. I, I think we've all practiced on a doll head, especially when we were going through beauty school. But the, one of the reasons why we chose not to do that is because the doll, there's no way you can get the same experience mm-hmm. with a doll. The, the, there's no movement on a doll's lids. And that is like the key thing. So we kind of felt like it would be a disservice to people to be, quote-unquote, practicing on a doll head because it requires completely different skills. There are some that transfer, but it can give people a false sense of empowerment if you've practiced and you go so fast and do a great job on a doll head and a strip lash. When you actually get somebody in front of you, a real-life human being, it's a completely different story, is it not? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why we didn't do that. 
Yeah. As overall, uh, how do you guys feel about the whole program, getting to teach the classes? For us, that was really kind of our coming out party, yeah. uh, letting everyone know who we are, what we're doing, why we do it. We had a bo- little booth that we got to meet some people, and I got to meet other educators there too. And at least for me, it was just an exciting opportunity to kind of just test the waters to see how our training works and see how we communicate. And I thought overall people walked away excited and energized with some new ideas and ways to approach to do lashes. Yeah, I think the response was really cool, you know, in the days and weeks after or week it hasn't been that long. No. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, hearing Years. people, you know, contact us on Instagram or wherever and say, Oh my gosh, I started implementing this technique and you know, they're, they've been excited about it. And especially like your hacks class, like, you know, starting to use those different things that we do. I think that's been really cool to see that response come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really fun, uh, like what you were saying, Erica, to be surrounded by people who are excited uh, mm-hmm. to learn. You know, we're a little different because we have each other. We work in a salon where there's many of us. So we're constantly feeding off each other and sharpening one another. But to be able to talk about what we do and have other people be interested in it. It's, it's like I could feel, um, you know, in, in, in podcasts before we talked about doing lashes, if you're working by yourself can be such a lonely thing. Mm-hmm. And what I recognized in other people was just their excitement to talk to us as other fellow beauty professionals. Mm-hmm. It's like we're standing shoulder to shoulder, even though we're not, we do the same thing. We're not competitors, but we go through the same kind of struggles. And when you find somebody that does what you do and has like the same kind of interest and enthusiasm about it, there's a validating force with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh like uh, you're from my tribe you know you're you're one of my peeps and and that is exciting and yeah. it can it's like the shot in the arm it can kind of carry you when it's hard to do the day in the day out by yourself so it's kind of validating to be with other like-minded people who want to grow and do what we do you know mm-hmm. so. yeah i mean i can't imagine after working in a salon with so many other girls doing lashes i can't imagine doing it by myself. I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Like, you have nobody to talk to. (laughs) A lot of it, though, was for me personally, because for those that know me, they know I love people. It was fun just being around everybody and hearing different ideas and and not even the lashes so much as just the personal connections and, like, you know, hearing other people, what they go through and how they feel going to the the salon by themselves or whatever. That was was exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, getting a chance to connect with like-minded people, have a passion for beauty and lashes. That's mm-hmm. it's neat because you don't get to do that mm-hmm. every day. I know I walk when we walk away from this podcast, we we're just because we talk about for an hour or two. We're all excited. We're pretty excited. We're like, we've got we were this like glow after a while. We go like, chest yeah. bump people and you know, high five <laughs> and all that. Well, maybe I just think that way. But anyhow, um, one of the things that was exciting about is that we really were beginning to test the waters on our training, mm-hmm. and the training is something that we we're going to be doing at our salon probably late spring. And basically the idea with our training is it's going to be taking what we did for that week, two days, and take it now and put into a, a full-time training program. And we're going to be having more details about that later. We don't have a lot to share with you but now, but we're excited about this training because it's not going to be just a one-day class where you come and go. There's going to be an a la carte kind of approach where you can come and go as you need, continue to get more training, leave, come back. And obviously there's a cost associated with it, but there will be at least a very more detailed plan that will allow you to really learn and grow at your own pace. And And practice. And practice in between and all that. And I think that's really going to help people do better and grow more and Mm -hmm. not just get a one-day thing or two days and then off you go. Get out Mm -hmm. of our way. We're done with you. 
And that's something we're, we'll be putting on our social media soon. Um, in fact, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll yeah. be out there on, the, on our website as well as the social media. So just stand, uh, stay tuned for that. It's something we're very excited to be offering. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit different take than what you see yeah. generally in the industry. Well, we've kind of gone through a transformation of sorts. We might have mentioned it in previous podcasts where it was going to be a really specific four weeks kind of thing. And some of the feedback we got from other people that we were meeting who are interested in taking the class, they really want to take it, but they're not able to commit to a four week. And what our whole goal in this was just making sure that people are equipped after they come to a class, because the flaw in the system is sometimes that there's a class, but there's no opportunity for follow-up to really develop those skills that are necessary Mm -hmm. to be successful in a business. They're just introducing those concepts. And what we want to do is make, making sure to actually shepherd people and come alongside them as they acquire those skills to fully possess them so that they're equipped when they, you know, hang their sign out the door to actually take care of, of clients. And so we've gone through a transformation and realizing that people are like, Oh, I can't do that. So how can we work this out? So yeah. it's going to be something more like, you know, a la carte. Yeah, it'll be tailored around their needs and their schedule. So yeah. it's, a little, it's going to have some flexibility. And what's nice about the salon is that we're going to be open five or six days a week where you can come in and get training. So it won't just be limited to that Sunday, Monday when salons yeah. are closed. Yeah. That's not the only time you can come in and get training. So it's going to be really, hopefully, something really special. Well, anyhow, let's move on to our first topic because we have at least two. We usually only cover one as of late, the last two uh, episodes. So we'll do our best to get through one. And if we get through two, awesome bonus material. So I recently read a blog post from a leading training company where they asked the owner or one of the trainers, I can't remember exactly, but basically they asked her, what are some of the trends that you see coming down the road? One of the trends that she said she sees more from at this point is that more women are looking to get natural looking lashes which was exciting to us. We had a, a classic only salon. That's uh, music to our ears. The last few years, we've seen volume really explode, but much of what we see out there in volume looks very fake, especially the mega volume. Now there, there's a trend back to, from the fake look to a more natural look. Now, natural-looking lashes have been our sweet spot for integrity lash for a long time. I wanted us today to discuss and share a little bit about our tips of how we try to create the most natural looking lashes. Being we don't have pictures or video of the show here, this might be very difficult, but I thought we'd give it a try. That's good. You know, one of the things that I learned right away, uh, let me rewind back to training real quick. When people come to take our training program, they're going to learn the integrity bond and it's all classic lash. I think that's really important to kind of share like that's mostly what makes us different is that integrity bond, the base to tip connection. We've talked about it before. But to that, when I first came to integrity, Tess was like, before you can even get this bond, she trained differently back then. Um, (laughs) It was more dire times, but it was the quickest way to make lashes look authentic is to get shorter on the inner and outer corners. And if you can complete that quickly before learning anything else, you've already made it more natural. Oh, that's a yeah. very good point. Yeah. Cause you're mimicking the natural shape mm-hmm. of our natural lashes. That's how they grow. If you look closely, our outer corners are shorter mm-hmm. and our inner corners are shorter. So if you're trying to create a natural look, that's like the first place to start without getting into all of our mm-hmm. details and yeah. nuances. So if you look at the outer and the inner corners. If you are trying to do the opposite of natural, be very, very impactful. Um, One of the things that 
people do is they bring the length all the way to the very outside of the corner. And so when you're looking at an image or if you're looking at the client straight on, the outside corner is very long. Sometimes people call it the cat eye. Mm-hmm. Also, the inner corner, it's quite long. And we have a term for it. And technically, we call it a hard corner. A hard corner, there is no graduation on the on the very outside. It's just a straight line. And some women like it because it creates that little wing or that little... Uh, it's just, it's it's a very demarcated line. It's not soft at all. So the opposite of that hard corner is a round one. And so basically there's a peak there, but from the peak, it graduates down. Mm-hmm. And that is actually more forgiving. It actually wears a little bit better. If you've got a hard corner, especially in the very outside corner, as the natural lashes grow, what happens is those corners tend to fall. Because the whole purpose of eyelashes on the lids is to protect the eyeball. So when the eye closes, the outside corners, the inner and the outer, they spread out. You know, the inner ones point towards the nose, the outer ones point towards the ear to cover the eye and make sure that nothing gets in the corner. So as the outside corner grows, it goes down because what that lash is trying to do is protect anything from getting into that membrane. And so as the length on the outside corner grows, it can just literally point down and -hmm. and end up dipping. We call it a, a little dip if it's super long on the outside corner. And that long dip, when you're looking straight on to your client, sometimes that dip can be pointing towards the cheek. Mm-hmm. It's an instant signal that they're fake or they're unnatural. It's a dead giveaway, you know, that you've got augmented lashes. So if you've got a client that wants something that's authentic, we use the word authentic instead of natural because sometimes women have a reaction to it. Even people who want a natural look, because when you say, do you want natural they're hesitant. I don't know if you guys have seen it mm-hmm. before. You say, do you want natural lashes? And they're like, I really want to be able to see it. And in their mind, they're thinking, I don't want it to be like Birkenstock granola where you can't even right. tell I've had something done because I'm spending all this money and this time. I definitely want people to know, but I don't want it to be a dead giveaway that they're fake, right? Mm-hmm. So if a more authentic look is not having that dip in the outside corner. So in order to create that natural look and the longevity make sure that very outside corner is actually quite small so that when the eye closes, it's not going down or turning toward the side, but yet you can still see the length. I don't know if that's clear. It's kind of hard to create those descriptive words with, you know, without it being visual. Well, we can, if we have, you know, lash stylists listening, we can talk in millimeter terms. Yeah. So usually if we're doing more of an authentic look, mm-hmm. we'll do like you know, eight millimeter on the very, very outer corner. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll go. That's right. And the very outer corner I'm talking about, like, it's basically like maybe four lashes, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes people purposely don't do those because, you know, the client will get off at the table and say, this one's pointing straight down or, you know, it's hanging. Because you you put like a 13 millimeter on it. That's right. Or 12 or even 11. Yeah. So if you want it like a general rule, you can say the very last four to five lashes that you encounter if you do those short and eight I like sixes I'm, I'm a real fan of the sixes and then after that point you can they can be a little bit longer that will create a rounded or softer corner mm-hmm. 
And when you're doing the integrity bond, the inner corner, because you're lifting the lid, you can get into the innermost corner and that'll be a six and it looks fine. That's Mm -hmm. right. Another way you can be sure to achieve a more authentic look is making sure that the center of the eye is actually more tuned to the client's center. Now, I know that may sound a little confusing. We talked about this uh, during our training. Erica, would you like to share? I know I'm kind of putting you on the no, spot okay. here, but you talked about this and you had a really great visual. Maybe yeah. you should talk about your visual when you were training on this, how you described where the apex or where the center mm-hmm. of the eye is. Yeah. So when we're talking about creating a natural look mm-hmm. or authentic look, we want to have the longest point be at the center or the apex of That's the right. lash line. Yeah. And it looks very different from when you're looking down at your client with her eyes closed versus when she's looking at you or straight at herself in the mirror. And so right. if her eyes are closed and you're working on her center, you think you're basically cutting the lash line in half mm-hmm. and finding the half when her eye is closed. But when her eyes close, it's actually more towards her nose. So you want to kind of move the apex or the longest length that you're working with towards her nose. Mm -hmm. That way, when she opens her eyes, when the service is finished and looks at you or herself, the longest is going to be with her eyes open the way that the lid moves over. It's going to look more in the center. It's not going to look like you know, really close to her nose, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's about perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So when this was kind of first explained to me, when I realized that we have a perspective and the client has a perspective. And as lash artists, we tend to, you know, work from our perspective. And we really need to work from the client's perspective because that's how she engages the world. That's mm-hmm. how she judges whether our work is working for her or not, is how people respond to people looking at her from her perspective. And one of the ways I kind of became aware of this when I first started, I'm talking about the first year that I started doing lashes, sometimes I I would have a a challenging situation and the guest liked it, but it wasn't exactly the way that they wanted. And I would be looking at it from my perspective. They're on the table, their eyes are closed, I'm looking at their lashes and thinking, I don't quite know what she's talking about because this is the best I can do. I'm looking at this this lash line and it's so full. I've done such a great job. Why can't she see this? And I used to think it's the client. But if you walk around the front of them and you you ask them to open their eyes, not from behind, but if you're in front, you see something different. You mm-hmm. see the way that the lashes actually behave. The way they look from behind doesn't matter so much. That's one of the reasons why we really never take pictures of what they look like with the eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great mark. People put that in the Instagram to show the work. It's really kind of like attracting other lash stylists because we can see how mm-hmm. beautiful that work is. But the magic is what it looks like from her perspective. And so... I think what you're saying, Eric, is that when you're looking from behind the client and you try to figure out where exactly the middle is, if you divide the eye exactly from our perspective in the middle, when she opens her eyes, it will not be her middle. Mm -hmm. So you have to mentally remember that the center is moved closer to the eye. And you see, I don't want to say errors because people may be doing this on purpose, but you see some work when the eyes are open, the whole lash line is kind of shifted towards the ear. Mm -hmm. There is a hard line where the lashes start and it's usually about 
four millimeters in from the inner corner mm -hmm. and there's just nothing and then it starts there mm -hmm. and then it continues all the way to the outside corner and extends a little bit past that corner and it dips when you're looking straight on and so I guess the easy thing to do when you're designing is to remember when the client is lying behind you and you're behind them about ready to work and you ask yourself where is the middle and you'd point your finger right to the middle Remember to move over, I would say, about two millimeters on the lash line. It's actually closer to the nose than you think. And the first time that you actually start to do this, you're going to think you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. because it's going to look different than the way that you normally do. But I want to challenge those of you who are listening to really try this exercise because it will shift the perspective. It will shift the work. And what you'll find is that Initially, you're actually going to do more on the inner corner than you ever did before. Mm -hmm. So take a before picture. If you've been doing the same gal for years or months and months, and you've got a lot of pictures of one particular model, do her next appointment with moving it towards the inner corner just a little bit and then take a picture and see how it's different. Yeah, pictures are the best way because that's when you really see it. I remember when I just started to work designing the center closer to the nose. Before I started to do that, I was taking pictures and I always felt like there was something missing. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like right, if I was making eye contact with the picture, mm -hmm. I felt like right where I was looking at her eye on her lash line, there just wasn't enough impact. Mm -hmm. And so when I started working with the center more towards the nose and taking those pictures mm -hmm. and then looking at the picture mm -hmm. with eye contact, I was like, oh, okay, this like, this yeah. looks way better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think taking yeah. the picture is really the key. Taking the picture is like your first lesson in seeing it from their perspective. Mm -hmm. It's the first line of troubleshooting that you do when you're trying to figure out what the problem is. If the client says, you know, there's a gap here. You know, we've all had that situation. Mm -hmm. There's a gap here. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I did every single lash. There is no gaps. There, There's, you know, but you think, okay, I'm going to take a look. And you walk around from behind her and you take a look at her from the front and you're seeing, oh, this is where they part. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that there's no lashes or there is a lash yet to be done. Because in the beginning, my first answer was, Miss um, Q, there's nothing there. There's no hair. Do you see? And I would pull all the hairs apart and say, look, I've gotten every single hair. But still, in her mind, when she it didn't solve the problem because mm -hmm. she still saw a gap. Mm -hmm. And then I realized it's her perspective. So that's when I began to think, oh, I need to change the length on the top row or that kind of thing. But the first thing, the way that you assess that is by looking at it. So coming around the front and taking pictures is a, a really great way to kind of monitor and retrain yourself to be able to have a greater appreciation for her perspective, not just ours. Mm -hmm. It seems like I see you, at least when I watch you working, you always at the end come around. And you just look, say, open your eyes, and you look directly at their eyes, and you're assessing, right? You're yeah. looking for that design, make sure there's nothing that you can see, that you know what they're going to feel already because you've done this long enough. And then if it looks great, you give your seal of approval, and then you move on. And mm -hmm. still ask for their input, but at yeah. least you're trying to look at as if they're going to see, because they're going to look in the mirror, and that's yep. how they're going to see it. No one sees themselves with their eyes closed. And looking how beautiful my lashes are, they're going to look they at their. Did, yeah. They're going to see their lashes with their eyes open. By the way, that's a tip for us. At least the way we like to do lashes on our website or Instagram is we like every picture with be eyes open. Clients again don't look at their lashes closed; they only see them when they're open. So we only represent that on our website. That's just a little thing behind the scenes of why we choose the way we that's post. Right. 
because a lot of times I think it's a little misleading to just try to show yeah. them how full they look from with the right. eyes down. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not knocking no. those who do because there's value in seeing that, but that's the reason why we don't. Yeah. That's why, yeah. It's not knocking it. It's just no. a matter of... Because we're mean, our website or our Instagram is for other people looking to come into our salon. And I know a lot of other people sometimes, especially when they're trying to impress other stylists, you, you want to show off your work yeah. and all that. And that probably is more effective to show, hey, look how well, how many lashes I got, how thick and how full they are, how fluffy, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. So that makes sense. It's just a different market that we're going for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it covers the whole topic, though, where I've seen a lot of hybrid sets lately. And I don't know because we don't do volume. I don't know if volume artists don't have a lot of options for variation in terms of, like, back to our main topic, keeping things natural. When you do, like, a three-volume or a five-volume fan or whatever those are called, they're all the same length generally. And so they need to kind of go back to hybrid to start to get some of that variation mm-hmm. in the length where mm-hmm. we just because we're a classic salon, it's there is a lot of different links that we play with. And if you took Erica's class, you'd know like control lashes and insurance mm-hmm. lashes. And, and you would have those different links in there naturally based on their natural set. But with volume, you can't really do that because I don't know that there are a lot of companies that do the variated. There's more. It's getting yeah, there. It's I mean, like Nova came out with really that what is called or termed American volume. And the idea is that you do one lash will be long, but the other two will be shorter. And mm-hmm. it does give you a little bit more natural natural looking lash it's mm-hmm. not like there, there's some of the vo- russian volume that it's just like one consistent Break. line all the way across yeah. and it's intense yeah. lashes versus i think uh, the american volume is trying to bring that intensity down and give you more natural look but at the same time it still isn't as natural as if you were to do every lash in the classic mode which again most people when they do classic they'll do you know 60 70 80 90 We'll do 150 lashes per eye, which is why a lot of people will call us thinking we do volume, but it's not. It's classic, but it's done in a way that looks like volume, but still has a more natural mm-hmm. edge to it or, or mm-hmm. feel to it. Yeah. I will say that we are seeing volume work with varying lengths. Like yeah. I am seeing yeah. fans that are like, you mm-hmm. know, eight millimeter mm-hmm. next to a 12 millimeter, like 40 fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing yeah. that, which is great because it's like people are cluing into that's how you get mm-hmm. dimension. And mm-hmm. um, Tessany, you mentioned rose mm-hmm. when you were just talking. And I think that dimension and rose is another huge key for creating natural, authentic a- lashes. A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go back to what Christina said. So before we had a lot of variation, the thing is that clients want impact, right? So the way you give them impact is by making them longer and fuller. And like with like a Russian volume, they're pretty much all the same length. And so if you double up and you multiply all that same length, the lashes will take on the habit of the individual lash. And so it just looks all the same thickness. It almost looks like a piece of felt that's been cut out in the shape of a rectangle and put on the eye. It's just super, super thick, super, super impactful, but there's not a lot of variation. So repeated, it looks like the same thing. It looks like a rectangle, uh, like a piece of ribbon. The way that you get that authentic look is the variation by having a long one and a short one and a long one and a short one. But it's not just next to each other. It's Mm -hmm. also the variation top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about two dimensions here. Most of the work that you see when we talk about lashes, 
the variation is only from corner to corner, from the inner corner to the outer corner. And we see different things like lash maps where it's almost a recipe or a prescription where you are going to use an eight millimeter. And then as you continue to go towards the ear, it goes from eight to nine to 10, 11. Maybe we're gonna go back down to a 10. Then we're gonna go to a 12 and then take it all the way to like maybe a 15 in the outer corner. So that will give you variation in a way that most of us are quite familiar with. But one of the big ways that we get a lot of variation is not only varying it from the corners, but also varying the length from top to bottom. So it's two-dimensional. That way, when people are looking at the client face-on, they can see the different links. Because you cannot see, if you're looking straight at the person, you cannot say different links if you're only changing, going from shorter to longer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like that fish, like Dory, right? Like she's skinny. Um, but when she turns to the side, you see her, she occupies more space, right? So if you've only got length, when you're looking straight on somebody, you can't see that length. It's like if you put your arm straight out, to wave at somebody and you took a picture of that, all you would see is a hand. You wouldn't see the arm because the arm is being covered by the hand, right? It's the same thing. You're not going to see that length. You're going to see a line like eyeliner. But if you turn, then you can see the length you can mm -hmm. see. But if you want to create that illusion of dimension, you have to treat the rose a little bit differently. So think about hair. If you've got long hair, it's all the same length and you straighten it like Christina today. She looks gorgeous. She, <laughs> I even asked you if you got a Japanese straightening. It's like glass. It's so shiny and beautiful. It's all one length, right? And it's, it's tight to your head. It's flat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because it's all one length. But if you want it, if your hair was straight all the time and you wanted to create some volume, like at the crown, what you do is you'd make the top a little bit shorter and then the layer underneath a little bit longer, but still not as long as the bottom, right? It, or, or like a ruffled skirt. The top ruffle is short and then it balloons out to create this illusion of volume. Well, it's the same thing with the eyelashes, instead of treating the hairs that are coming out at the eyelash as one row and you'd give the same length from top to bottom, what we do is we consider that top row is the row, if you want to see the lashes on the client's face, you have to give that very top row a short lashes. And it's so counterintuitive. And the first time you do it, you're going to think this is the ugliest thing on earth. <laughs> It does not look good. With the eyes closed. With the eyes closed. It's different, and you're going to feel weirded out. And the first couple times you do it, you're going to modify it, and you're not really going to get it until mm -hmm. you've done it many times. How and much shorter? You said they're going to be shorter than oh, yeah. compared to what you do. When, For example, let's take the most extreme case. Somebody's lashes that are going straight down. Like one of the questions that Christina and I went to, the lash conference, mm -hmm. and we, we sat with a gal, and she asked the question, how do you do an Asian eye. Do you remember this mm -hmm. conversation? And she answered it kind of obliquely. And I think it's because there's just, there's many ways to skin a cat, right? The way that we skin this particular cat is that the top row on an Asian lash, because it goes straight down, you need to be able to see it. So if you're looking at the, at the client, you see the belly of the lash, if her lashes are going down. So it looks like a shade. If you're looking at the whites of her eyes, you don't see as much of it because it's covered with the eyelash, right? Mm -hmm. So we want it to go up. So you have to use a short lash. I'm talking four millimeters shorter. So if you're using an eight on her top row, 
the next row uh, just underneath it should be maybe a 12. It should be that much difference. It's not going to look like anything if you put a 12 on her bottom lash and you put a 10 on the top. I think it's important to address top row is the row that's closest to you. And it's not just like the outliers. It's kind of like if you were to cut bangs in your hair, you go deep into your scalp, sometimes a crown, to get that fringe. And so mm -hmm. it's the same thing on the lashes. If you grabbed your tweezers and you have a guest in front of you and her eyes are shut and you slide your tweezers in horizontally, horizontally. thank you, yeah. <laughs> this way, you guys can see that, you slide your tweezers in this way and you flip it back horizontally, it's a whole group of lashes. It's not just like that one outlier. Right. It's the whole, it might even be the middle to most of us, like that mm -hmm. whole middle row, it's the meat of the lashes. Right. You pull that back. Those are all sixes and sevens. That's right. And, and then mm -hmm. all the design comes below that. Mm -hmm. That's, That's right. what Tess is trying to get at. And so if actually, it's a really easy thing. We can point you towards the Instagram at Integrity Lash and you can see all of our pictures, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. So that little pop on them, it comes from doing that four millimeter. I was going to say, what we'll do, and we're trying to do this, I haven't always been successful yet, is we will post on our Instagram that's associated with LashCast, and we'll go into that at the end of the show, but we will post some photos that maybe will help describe this. I might ask Erica over here and say, Erica will assist me in making sure we create <laughs> these things because she's really good at this stuff. And we can illustrate it. So mm -hmm. when you listen to this, you can go to our Instagram and see the photo. And we can hopefully point this out a little bit more clearly. We'll maybe take a few photos and we'll maybe add some lines to point in what we're directing now and want you to see. Yeah, so. it's hard to visualize if you've never been exposed to this. This That's is right. a really strange concept. It is, it but it, it's life-changing. Completely life-changing. We, we do have a few photos on our at Integrity Lash account where mm -hmm. you can see actually we've yeah. like differentiated the rows that's right really clearly so we'll just maybe even repost that on our that's on our good. podcast yeah, you related great picture that illustrates that there are a few stylists out there though that i've seen uh -huh. we've shown each other the yeah. pictures where they're starting to get that the idea of the rows and going to the base and doing things that are yeah actually a, a lot more of what i've seen and maybe you have too is they'll put the shorter lashes on the bottom row mm -hmm. and not the top row. Mm -hmm. And it still does create dimension, but it also doesn't solve the problem of having a 12 on a top row and it just pointing out like an alfalfa mm -hmm. like that's hairstyle. Right, right, right. And so that's mainly why we design it from shorter to longer, top to bottom. That's right. I'm going to talk about alfalfa i don't know like to me. <laughs> they're so obvious <laughs> i know okay so alfalfa comes from the little rascals you remember the, the one little kid that's got the hair that sticks straight up and, and to me that's like my biggest pet peeve when i look in the mirror and i see one lash that's just sticking straight up it's usually because it's too much length on that top row it has to be a little bit shorter to create the illusion of that open eye. Mm -hmm. And you really only get that with that four millimeter difference. Mm -hmm. So Great. So right now, as we look back at what we are just talking about, so we talked about the corners and going short and going all the way to the corners, right? Mm -hmm. Versus just getting that hard edge. That helps to make it look more natural. Secondly, talking about doing the top row, we always talk about doing short on the top row mm -hmm. helps to create that fluff and create a little mm -hmm. bit more natural look. Or is there anything yeah. else, any other things that we yeah. do? Yeah, I also want to remember or encourage our listeners to take the inner corner all the way to the inner corner. Sometimes we think it ends a little bit farther away from the nose than it does. And I look at some pictures and, and sometimes I see it appears that the inner corner is undone. That may be with the tape. 
you've got to make sure that the tape isn't coming up too high, uncovering, because if you can't see lashes, you think that's the end. So be sure that when you're working, sometimes the pads slip a little bit. Be sure to lift that top lid just a little bit, press the bottom down to make sure that the tape or the pad isn't obscuring that top row. Another tip would be to use a lot of the shortest lashes that you have, like a six, ideally, really in that inner corner. So our rule on the outside corner, if you want a natural looking lash, I would say the, the outer corner five to make sure that they're super short. And the inner corner, I'm gonna say the same thing too, between the closest to the inner corner, um, five in, to make sure that they're like six. Even if she's a big lash gal, you don't need to take all that length to the very inner corner because it will create that hard corner. You want it to be soft. So using the sixes all the way from the from the inner corner. And they don't last as long when you go long on the outside or inside. And I don't do lashes. That's I'll right. just disclaimer again. But I've heard plenty of times that that's by far the most difficult place to get in. And I think also when people are running out of time, maybe they just mm -hmm. forget. Ah, forget, I got to move on. I don't have time to do the inner outer corners and they don't last as long they or they, they go wonky quicker. They'll twist and turn and do other crazy things. So rather than deal with that, they just abandon it and not deal with it. Well, there's a couple factors why there's faster turnover on the inner and outer corners. Clients will often say they are the first ones to go. And there's a couple reasons why that's the case. If you look at the lash line without any lashes and you look for the shortest ones, they are programmed to be shorter on the inner and the outer corner. Why? Because the eye needs to be protected when it's opening and closing. It needs to make sure that there's nothing going to get in the outside corner. So naturally, they're shorter. So they're not programmed to be as long. So because of that, they cycle through faster. They only grow for a short amount of time. That's why they have that short length. They go into the resting phase and they shed. So that's one reason they cycle through faster. The second reason is because when we're putting them on, they're coming out of the follicle at an angle, right? So that's why it's kind of hard to do those corners because they're at an acute angle. It's not a 90-degree angle. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't pull the skin so that the lash will be sitting at a 90-degree angle, you have to put it on an angle, which compromises the bond a little bit. And so I think historically we just don't get the best bond in the inner and outer corner because of that angle. Because the inner corner, if you are a right-handed person, is the most challenging part of the anatomy to do. The inner corner and the very outer of the left eye because just the ergonomics of it. Mm -hmm. For a lefty, it's the opposite. It's the right inner corner and the... Somebody help me because I get my left and right mixed up here. <laughs> like, very challenging. It's hard both ways. Okay. Yeah, it's just anyway. hard. <laughs> I will just say anecdotally, at least from the front desk perspective, I can almost always tell I'll get a call and someone will say, my corner isn't lasting and Christina's results are always going to be the opposite of Tustany's. Yeah. And the same thing with Juliana's also lefty. It's just the opposite sides. It's pretty funny. It's almost always... When I was working front desk all the time, as soon as I said, this corner mm -hmm. is, is the opposite mm -hmm. for it's her corner. It's difficult. Hers is the left corner. Hers is the left. Yeah. I automatically go, oh, it's, she must have seen Christina. Or she must have seen Tusk. You could just tell by the concern about the one corner not lasting. You could tell by the technician if they're righty or lefty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be the technician, and sometimes it can be just the client's natural growth. Mm -hmm. And 
So that factors in on how we counsel people because I'll never, we never blame somebody. No. We'll just say, you know, it's the way that those lashes grow. They're coming in at an angle. It's harder to do. So you, you just don't get as good of a bond. Mm -hmm. If that's an issue for you, what we're going to do today for you is I'm really going to make sure that I work on it, that I'm going to pull it to make sure it's a 90 degree angle. But just be aware that you will cycle through these faster because they are shorter than the rest of your lashes. And they're just programmed to fall out right. sooner. Yeah. And it's also a good learning point for us. Like I know for me, if you're right-handed, it's the right eye mm -hmm. because my left hand does isolating. Mm -hmm. And so I think it correlates because yeah. when mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it now, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it's always the right eye inner corner that's yeah. harder for me. So I know that I have to allow myself more time. Yeah. And so it's just good for us to learn that way. Like I know I have to give myself more time more so time. that they match. Because right. inner corners are actually my favorite part. I don't know why. I think they're <laughs> so fun and I'm like obsessed about them being perfect. Why is that? I, I, I love it. But what, can you share with us why you like I it? I don't know. I think when I get my lashes done, the inner corner is really important to me. Oh, yeah. um, more than the outer corner. I like barely look at my outer corners unless they're too long. But mm -hmm. my inner corners, I always look at those. Yep. And if they're too long, I'm like, ugh, exactly, so annoyed. Right? And, and if they're not lashed all the way, for me, that really is my distinction on authentic or not. Perfect. Because it's like I don't want it to look like there's a strip lash and That's also right. my lashes are blonde and so yes, if they're not yeah. lashed mm -hmm. then I'm like I have to like put mascara that's so annoying yeah so I spend a lot of time with my clients on getting yeah. those and some clients are just like me and their inner corners are so important to them and so well I think that's a thumbnail is it, you combine everything what is you know one of the things that people will look for in natural lashes those inner corners are super important mm -hmm. it just translates when you first look at somebody as authentic because they come all the way to the inner corner people really quite aren't aware that there is a break and there is a, a hard line that happens just outside of the iris when you're looking at somebody mm -hmm. so when you're getting all those little lashes it is the best way to communicate authenticity and natural looking lashes. So that's the takeaway that I hope our listeners get. And I'm just going to say that I think most people really are looking for an authentic and more natural look. There are people yeah. who love as big and bold and as Kim Kardashian as they can get. But by far, I, when I talk to people on the phone, they call and they, these are people have gone to volume salons and they'll be like, yeah, I want to come and try you guys out. Da 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 da. You know, explain what, why they found us, and then they said, "Well, you're used to seeing volume," and they go, "I know, but I really I've seen your photos, and they look volume to me, and I just want a little bit more natural look. Yeah, I'm not looking for a fake bold look. I mean, it needs to be bold, but it needs to be so natural. It's like it's this oxymoron. Because I want natural, but I want fake at the same time, and yeah. and so I think for us to say that going with a classic look, the way mm -hmm. we do it. But a really full look, I think, can more than match most people's expectations. I think a lot of, we, we get into the volume only because that's what we think people want. But I think people will be surprised if they were just to slow down and not slow down, but lengthen their appointments and do more lashes classically and get yeah. like 150 per eye that way. I think they'll be surprised how many mm -hmm. people will just be like blown away right. and excited about the work and really loving that work. Because right. I think we only think, well, I only get that way with volume. No. Right. I don't want people to think that if you do these techniques, they are going to, you're not going to be able to see them. I mean, you can still get a big lash gal 
these techniques and it will still look very impactful. It's just going to look more authentic. Mm -hmm. You can still do super, super long ones, but if you have these principles by instead of giving hard corners, giving them soft ones, getting that the inner quarter, giving mm -hmm. some dimension, you can still make them big lashes. It's just the scale is bigger, but it's going to translate as more authentic. So, you know, it's not either or. People can have both. Yeah. I don't know if you said this specifically, but getting every lash is a huge way that they're going to look more natural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. And that only, I think for us, we believe that only happens because we use medical loops in how we apply the lashes because it's hard to see them. I know a lot of people who I've talked to say, oh, I, I get every lash. Yeah. And then I'm like, but if you don't have any way to help your eyesight, I know maybe if you're 18 or, you know, you got eyes like a hawk, but if you get a little older, your vision begins to go a little bit. You may not quite see every small baby hair. And I know like for, I know, I think Christina, when you first got them, it was like a life changing moment. You mm -hmm. saw so much more than you ever would have seen just mm -hmm. by working with your own eyes. And you, Are you calling me old? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow this became an insult. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for you, right? That was a, a life-changing scene. It loops. was huge going from the loops and then just the ones that you offer at work and then getting like personalized, personalized, like to my eyeballs. That in itself, because Tess used to be like, hey, can you see this? I'm like, no. Yeah, it's right here. I'm like, nope, I don't mm -hmm. see what you're talking about. And then I got my eyes checked and, and got glasses and mm -hmm. then everything mm -hmm. changed. So it's... yeah. It's important to get all those and use the loops. But yeah. really quickly, too, I wanted to also touch, I don't think we talked about this, because you're saying that there's a four millimeter um, difference. It's mm -hmm. not saying that we only use like from eight to 12. We mm -hmm. also use everything in between, because I see stylists in the groups we're in or whatever, and they'll ask, which lashes do you use? And somebody will respond, like, I used, you know, 10s and 15s to create this look, but we use everything in between. That's right. So right. like if we say we're using up to 15, it is like 6 to 15 in that yeah. lash, and that's what creates the fullness and that pot. So we're not just picking that's right. two things from the yeah. strip. It's because each row is at least a 4 millimeter difference. That's mm -hmm. the way I like mm -hmm. to design and think about it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just from top to bottom is a 4 millimeter. That's where we begin. Mm -hmm. Like That's, that's like the... What am I trying to say? That's Guideline? Like, yeah. Principle. principle. Yeah. Principle. That's our principle. Yeah. Erica's class touched on this, you know, why we don't use lash maps. Lash maps are great and they have their place. We don't particularly use them at Integrity Lash because every eye is different. And the lash map kind of only can address one or two variables in terms of shape. So what guides our daily work is a series of principles. And so how we get every different size in there is that what dictates what size we use is where the natural lash is in its growth phase and where it is on her anatomy, where mm -hmm. it is in location. Is it a top row lash? Is it a bottom row lash? Are we designing for the future or are we designing for today? You know, it, essentially, do we want the best work to be when she walks out of the salon in the next couple of days or does it need to last? Most of our guests are coming to see us because they want an authentic look and they want it to uh, last a long time. And the way that we get that is by tailoring each extension to where it is according to the natural lash growth phase. And so that's where you get all those in-between numbers. Mm -hmm. Or if we're talking about colors, that's where you get all the different colors, you know, as an analogy. I don't know if that works or not. So you can't 
prescribe with a lash map, you know, if you're using a lash map, it doesn't consider what is going on with the client's own lashes and where they are in the growth phase. Because if it looks like on the map that you have to use a very long one, like we're at the very corner or the, or the apex where uh, we want the length for her cat eye pop, and if she's got a whole group of new growth, antigen growth, that's very, very small, are you going to put the longest length on those? Well, if you're using our principles, we wouldn't. We would look for a lash that is a control lash. And when we say control lash, that's our internal word for it's a lash that has already grown and it's in the longest state that it appears like it's going to be. So I guess the point in that is that that's just a little bit to explain our principles. It's not a formula. So you have to be able to assess what's happening with that natural lash and then what we're trying to accomplish where it is. I've heard you tell me is that you look at each lash and you're looking to hear what's that lash telling me. That's it's like right. that. It's like you're the lash whisperer. It's it's speaking to <laughs> you. Are, right? What do you? All of us, yeah. Here, uh, you're looking at it. It's telling you, okay, this is a you know very small hair. It's going to grow a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to put 15 on that because that's going to be that one that explodes out and hits the person in the forehead. You know, three <laughs> weeks later. So you're going to put a small lash in there that's and it'll right. grow out and you're going to have a much more uniform line three, four weeks later. And that's how you get that very natural look. It screams fake that's right. when you put 15 on a small one and then all of a sudden like four or five of those hairs that go crazy. And a week later, they're looking at their lashes and there's wings everywhere. So That's even if they last. As, as if they last, they, it's so heavy, right? Yeah, they're not, heavy. they are going to tend to just pop off because there's so much length on that little antigen hair. I was looking on Instagram last night and, you know, the stories, I was browsing around and there was one post that was so adorable and funny and cute. It was this little girl. She must have been maybe two years old and she had put on, I, I, I'm assuming her mommy's shoes and they were these gorgeous red high heel stiletto kind of shoes. And, and this little girl was in these shoes that were incredibly too big for her and she was posing. And then the mom would say new pose and she would just, <laughs> you know, do this fabulous, but the shoes were so large. I kind of think that's what it's like when we put a very long lash on a baby lash. It's a shoe that doesn't fit. It's mm -hmm. a very grown-up shoe. It's like a baby wearing high heels. And it can hold its place for a day or two, but then it gets super heavy and it'll hang down. It just it can't sustain it. Not that it's going to pull it out, but that it's not going to behave in the same way. So that's a principle that we usually don't violate. We don't put something too long on, on something that's in, in an antigen. We call them baby lashes or insurance lashes because it's not going to be able to perform the same way. Mm -hmm. And we call them insurance because if we put like a six on a baby lash, it ensures mm -hmm. that it's going to grow out with that lash, which will, you know, it creates more density along the lash line and gives that's, us that insurance. Right. And the client cannot tell from her perspective. That's the one that matters, right? From her perspective, she cannot tell she has a tiny lash on this because it grows. It's, it, it covers the gaps. It's that variation next to the really long one. It's what gives the longevity because as it continues to grow, that, that baby lash on average is going to grow about four millimeters, 4.3 millimeters in a month, four weeks, right? And so if you put a real long one on there, it's going to be sticking out and twisting and flopping because mm -hmm. it's heavy, right? And it's going to draw attention to itself. If you want that lash to be hanging in the background, being incognito, 
put a small one on it. And don't worry that she's going to be able to tell that it's small. It's going to look just like a normal lash to her. You know what's funny that you say that? Because when I started, I didn't believe you. I don't believe Tessie mm-hmm. anything. Um, <laughs> and I would do what I was going to do. And my stuff would always come back floppy. And I haven't had anything of mine come back floppy in a really long time. So it's funny that you say it. Because like yeah. once you kind of just buy into the principles, you're like, yeah. okay, fine. It really works. But right. then like our newer stylists who've even been mm-hmm. lashing for a long time, you come back and you see their work. Erica can attest to this. It's floppy work. Like, and because mm-hmm. they still haven't, it's not that they haven't bought into it, but they haven't grasped the principle of it yet. Right. So it's just different. Right. Well, it's like when you're doing it, you you kind of have to talk yourself down off the cliff because mm-hmm. we've all been in the situation where we thought we were doing something and we're like, oh, this is amazing. And she's going to be so happy when she looks at it and she looks at it and she's like, I am not happy. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, I will never let that happen again. So you're constantly assessing your work as you're going. You're mm-hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? It's mm-hmm. not going to work. I'm going to do what I know works. Mm-hmm. So in order to do this, you really have to Put yourself out on a limb and you're going to have to go through those crazy emotions where you're thinking, this is terrible. This is awful. But trust it. Do it on somebody that you've been doing for a long time. You know them. They love you. You know, in, in their eyes, you can do no wrong. That's the person to, to test these concepts on. And one of the things that I would also encourage you to do is to take pictures. Mm-hmm especially if you're seeing them regularly like if you're if you have access to like a, a family member or a best friend where you can see them every week that is going to help you gauge how those lashes grow mm-hmm. the best way that i figured this out this was years ago i participated in a lash competition it was really kind of fun it was lash wars and we thought you were going to win oh yeah no. you know Heartbreak, you know, but you know what? <laughs> we can talk about that another time. It was, it was. A, yeah, we'll no. talk about competitions. That'd be a good topic. Yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> really, I really did want to win. I was trying to show a different concept. It was completely different. And not appreciated. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say the that, wrong stage that's for it, right. maybe yeah. right. So yeah, so I, I pretty much almost got in last place. I probably did. Maybe I, there I was one. I was thirteenth place, yeah. and there yeah, was fourteen humbling. people. Yeah. But, you know, I'm very confident in what I do. So I'm in some ways, it's kind of a badge of honor. But anyway, in order to prepare for this, what I did was I worked with one model, and I worked with her intensely for two weeks. She was coming in every four days, and I was taking pictures, and I was looking. And it was like a study to be able to see how those top lashes performed. That's when I really understood how things were growing out and what length to put on them because I was watching it. And so I guess the takeaway from that is that if you take pictures and you're observing how it behaves, Mm -hmm. if you monitor how it behaves, how those lashes grow out, then you can change the style. You can work with it. But don't be afraid to do that. It's going to feel unnatural. It's going to feel like you're doing it wrong. You're going to have to feel like you're failing in some ways to try something new. But try it. We're basically just asking you to drink the Kool-Aid. Yes, (laughs) yes, drink the Kool-Aid, yeah. And I'm sitting over here like feeling so defensive for you. I'm like, well, she got like an almost last place because it was just based off of speed and it was unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And I'm like, no, really, really. Tess comes in and is like, I'm going to win because it's going to be like short and tight and precise. (laughs) They're going to bloom. And everybody else is doing like 15, 16s, one dimensional and fast. And we're like, oh, Tess has this. And then... We well, lost. Well, the, the funny thing about it was, is I was really trying to change the whole dialogue because I wanted to say the benefits of lash extensions. It's that it's a long wearing 
service. It's a long-wearing experience. The beauty isn't just that you put the lashes on and they stay that way. The thing is that they grow, so you have to anticipate the growth. So my whole philosophy was like, I really wish they could check the work at two weeks or even four weeks because I thought if they could see how I'm preparing this so that they're going to look amazing in four weeks, I knew I would win, right? Mm -hmm. But it was like... I can understand what my lashes look like from their perspective mm-hmm. because they were thinking, there's no impact here. What, you know, what, or not enough. Or they're, not enough. Yeah, they're and, looking for a photo shoot. Yeah. They want the moment right then. It's like a wedding. When yeah. we do wedding lashes, we don't approach wedding lashes the same way we do mm-hmm. everyday right. work lashes. We, we give them a lot more pop, a lot more impact because right. they're trying to only look good for a week. Yeah. But our clients have come to our salon expecting to go four weeks, some even up to five weeks, three to five weeks is kind of what we say. Mm-hmm. And with that expectation, you can't design with just this huge impact. Everything's big. Everything's the same size because all the lashes will not last that long. At some point, they'll break down, fall apart, and after two weeks, look pretty horrible. That's right. So, But yeah, you were trying to convince them at, I, the, at this thing that, no, four-week wear uh, is what I'm aiming right. for, and, and everyone else is like, impact. That's I don't right. care what they look like even that's tomorrow. Right. It doesn't matter. That's right. And the other thing I was trying to show people was that, look, you don't have to do it a millimeter off yeah. the base. Mm-hmm. and That's what all your red marks were for, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a base. zero. I got a zero <laughs> on my bond. And actually, that's so funny because that's what I'm so <laughs> proud of. Yeah, I got... Well, I... Is, yeah. it, because that is like a fail in Did our industry. Did we keep her paper? We should post that if yeah. we can find it. <laughs> I, I if we can know. find it, I will post it. It was a really good learning experience. I'm so glad I did it. And it was humbling, you know. But It's I, also that we a, have to learn how to communicate our mm-hmm. message. We have a different way of approaching things. And if you don't communicate well or just think people appreciate it because it's you, uh, they won't. You have to actually think it, it through. Yeah, and be able to communicate what you're yeah. doing. And then competition, realize they're going for impact. Yeah. yeah, you got to find a retention competition. Yeah. That's right. We'll do the first ever retention competition. You know, and I don't know how you make sure people don't cheat along the way, but we're four yeah, weeks. I but uh, I was trying to change the dialogue, and it just wasn't the time. No. It wasn't ready yet. Yeah, yeah no. it wasn't time. So that all said, I think we've uh, ran our course. We had two topics, as always, and we only got through one. Um, thank you guys for the Woo! yeah talk about natural-looking lashes, something that I think we'll be seeing and talking about a lot more. I do think the industry is moving that way, as mm-hmm. I think volume is even now trying to come up with a more natural look. Mm-hmm. And I think people should continue to explore and look at what we do as far as the classic look because it really does come off with that volume kind of um, look impact. but with impact mm-hmm. but, yeah. but still very natural looking. Um, we'd love to continue the discussion online via social media. Please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash where you can see what our salon is up to. You can also follow us on our professional account at Integrity Lash Bootcamp. So that's where you can find really where we'll post the photos on that Instagram account so you can get information there. Also, we've been seeing some people found that page anyways, and they have been DMing us. Please continue to do that. We love to interact. Me and Erica tend to be the one that respond to those, or I talk to Tustin and get the answer, and <laughs> I, I put the response on there. But please continue to do that. We love to interact and share what we've learned. This Instagram account is really focused on sharing tips and insights on the lash industry and how we run our salon. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you and have set up a Twitter account that's at Integrity Lash. You can also message us there and we'll be checking that out. You can submit questions, suggestions for future podcasts there too. I'd also like to ask you to please recommend our podcast to your friends and colleagues. 
We also appreciate if you would give us a great review. We are on SoundCloud and we're on iTunes. So go in there, give us a five stars and share with every friend in the world. We really hope that this can be a great tool that helps lift and, and encourage a dialogue on issues about our industry. So on behalf of our engineer, Raul, our last experts of Christina, Erica, and Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. Keep lashing. You have a friend in the lash industry, and we'll see you again very soon. Mm-hmm.